Now, online at thezone1059.com and on your radio at ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Guess what day it is? Huh? Anybody? Mike, 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 Mike. What day is it, Mike? <laughs> Listen, guess what today is? It's hump day. Woo-hoo! That's right. Welcome into hump day. You made it. And look, it's also December. I don't know if y'all realize that. Yep, December the 1st. So therefore, now the Chris, unlike yesterday, now the the multicolored Christmas lights are appropriate because it is December the 1st. Welcome in to Hump Day. Shake your leg. Happy Hump Day, everybody. Made it to the halfway point of the week. And what that means is uh, you have an award today to celebrate that was handed out last night to the best college football player in Mississippi this year. You are uh, now approaching, not quite yet, but approaching 24 hours from kickoff between the Cowboys and the New Orleans Saints. Tomorrow night. Yeah, and then, uh, of course, you got high school championship games uh, this weekend in Hattiesburg, Friday, Saturday, SEC championship game on Saturday as well, Uh, other conference championship games, and look, don't you dare bat an eye. Listen, there are some huge basketball games coming up this week. Big-time non-conference college basketball. You didn't even know it was that time of year, did you? It is. All that and more on today's show. Hit me up. You can be a part of the show. You can comment on the live stream if you're on Facebook or on Twitch or Twitter. Hey, y'all. Hi. Drop a comment. Hit it right there. I can see it. Hit me up on the country, please, and text line. It's 885-ESPN. It's a 601 number. 885-ESPN or 885-3776. That's the number to text. Or you can call me on the Divini phone, Divini Equipment in Madison and in Jackson. You are a Kubota dealer, the oldest Kubota dealer in the U.S., yeah, uh, but there's a number, 995-1059. It's a 601 number, 995-1059. Give me a call, and we'll get to talk on the phone. Joy is mentioning it on Facebook. She says, good luck to the volleyball dogs. That's right. Uh, you've got the Mississippi State volleyball team playing in the NCAA tournament, and so you've got that starting. And you know, volleyball is a sport I really have never followed. Uh, um I just it's not one that I am familiar with. I don't even really you know understand the rules or anything like that. But it is cool to see, you know, state have some success. I know it's a sport that they struggled in for a while. Yeah, I forgot about that. Volleyball. So uh just another another thing that's on a docket. There's plenty to to watch and keep up with. And I'm excited about the championship weekend and in football. You got the SWAC championship on Saturday as well. Uh I mean Jackson State hosting Prairie View. So I mean it's just like not in terms of events, but today, but tomorrow, starting tomorrow, events. You're talking Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and just and then Sunday for basketball, and more on that in a bit, and and we can get into it. All right, so um, get your comments in here. Feel free. Matt Corral is the 2021 Connerly Trophy winner. The Connerly Trophy presented by C Spire every year to the state's best college football player. Uh, so he edged out. Will Rogers of Mississippi State. And, uh, of course, you had a whole list of others that were up for the award. So Matt Corral wins the Connerly this year. Uh, it's now back-to-back years for an Ole Miss player to win the award. You know, last year it was Elijah Moore, the receiver, uh, 
for them. And then prior to that, it was two straight years for state players. You had Jeffrey Simmons and Kylan Hill in back-to-back years in 18 and 19. Prior to that, you had two straight uh, Rebels in 16 and 17. It was Evan Ingram and A.J. Brown. Prior to that, it was three straight Bulldogs in 13, 14, and 15. It was Gabe Jackson, Dak Prescott, and then Dak Prescott again. So it's coming in bunches. You notice that? I mean, you haven't had two different you know, schools like alternate over the course of three years in quite a while. You'd have to go back to in 2010, Chris White, the linebacker for State, won it, and that was back-to-back Bulldogs. You had Anthony Dixon and Chris White. Chris White won it in 2010. 2011, Austin Davis, Southern Miss. 2012, Bo Wallace. That's the last time it alternated. Because since then, three in a row for State, 13, 14, 15. Two in a row, Mississippi Rebels, 2016, 17. Two in a row, 18 and 19, Bulldogs, Simmons and Hill. And now two in a row, Rebs, Moore and Corral. So that's kind of the way it's going. Now, I am not one to preach, and I don't understand recruiting, but I will say this. It would be nice if you could get Lane Kiffin there. (laughs) Okay? It would have been nice. I mean, I'm just going to say it like this. Yes, okay, yes, uh, Mike Leach was there last night. Gave a speech. He talked about Charles Cross, who won the uh, this year's award, the best offensive lineman, the Kent Hull Trophy. He talked about his his candidate for the award, Will Rogers. Deion Sanders was there in a wheelchair. All right, listen. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. Coach Kiffin, I, I'm sure you're not listening. Somebody run and tell him. If Deion Primetime Sanders can make room in his schedule in the week that his team is playing for a conference championship and he can be there in a wheelchair... I think you can be there, too. Well, we had this. You had to recruit. Okay. Well, guess what? Everybody's recruiting. Mike Leach was in somebody's living room like 20 minutes before he walked into the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame for the um, or, or the Country Club of Jackson last night for the event. What I'm saying is, it's two winners in a row. This is your QB. This is Matt Corral. I know he's not coming back. It would have been nice if Kiffin could have been there last night. But I digress. No, he didn't go. He wasn't there. <laughs> Homecoming Queen just walked by and went, he didn't go? <laughs> but hats off to Matt Corral. Certainly very, very deserving. And as I've told you many times, man, he's earned my respect. Tough as nails, physically, and I think mentally, too. And One of those kids who, a couple of years ago, coaching changed, and coach at recruiting is not there anymore. He's leaving. The whole world told him, you know, I'm sure did tell him it would have been fine to transfer, find you a place to go, but he didn't do it. Stuck it out, and now look, it's all working out. So uh, my hat's off to him. All right, let's head over to the phone line, Divini Equipment phone line. Russell hanging on line one. What's up, Russell? So my hat's off. Turn your radio off for me, Russell, and, and uh, put the phone up to your ear if you don't mind. What's up, Matt? I just want to get your opinion on that LSU taking uh, the coach from uh, Notre Dame. Yeah. Yeah, okay, so there's two things about it. I look at it in two different ways. Um, I do think it's a good hire for LSU. I think Brian Kelly's a good coach. I think he uh, will definitely be a the the CEO type that will maybe solidify that thing and kind of run that, run a tight ship. 
I do know, from, you know, Brian Kelly's, he can be a little hot-headed, kind of has a combustible personality and stuff. I don't know long-term how that's going to go over at LSU. Who knows if he if he ever runs into trouble. But, you know, um, LSU's a different animal than Notre Dame is. The only thing I've said about it, Russell, is I just don't like the timing of it. It's selfish timing on his part. And here's why. His team at Notre Dame has an outside shot at getting shuffled into the playoff. Now, it is an outside shot. They had, Last night, the rankings came out, and they have Notre Dame, his team, at number six in the college football playoff rankings. And ahead of him is at number five, Oklahoma State, and at number four, Cincinnati, both of whom have to play in their conference championship games this weekend. Cincinnati will play Houston, and Oklahoma State will play uh, Baylor in the Big 12 title game. Now, my thing is, Russell... Brian Kelly might be 90% sure those teams aren't going to lose. If one of those two teams wins, he's not getting in the playoff with Notre Dame most likely. But is there a chance they both could lose? Yeah. I mean, could Houston upset Cincinnati? Sure they could. Could Baylor upset Oklahoma State? Sure they could. And if those things happen, there's a decent chance they will shuffle his Notre Dame team into the college football playoff with a shot at playing for the national championship. And, and you know, to say, well, I'm going to leave. My t- I've gotten my team to that point. I'm going to leave and take the money so that I can go to this new job and get ahead of recruiting because we have signing day coming up mid-December. And if, if something miraculous happens and, and y'all get into the college football playoff, good luck. I hope you have some success. I'll see you later. Yeah, I don't I, – I just – Russell, people go – well, that's real life. It's a professional deal, and, you know, it's money. It's his life. Okay, fine. It doesn't mean I have to respect it. I don't respect that. It's a selfish It's selfish timing. I don't know if it's necessarily a selfish move. It's just selfish timing on his part. That's my take on it. It's a selfish Yeah, man, you, 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 you think that's going to hurt him if he tried to get art, man? And- <laughs> well, I, you know, who knows? Um I don't really know. I'm just, you know, Russell, it's like when a guy does something like that mm-hmm. and his former team sitting there, you know, and this is what we talked about. And what's he going to do? He's going to go preach to his future team, hey, guys, be team players, don't be selfish. Well, he was selfish. Yeah, I know. I mean, it, they're young and impressionable. And, again, he's a, he's a coach. He knows how to run a program, but. I just I don't respect it. That's all I'm saying. The timing. Yeah, of it. I don't yeah. Yeah. I enjoy talking to you, man. But also, I just want to say congratulations to Matt Corral. He really was a good player. He yeah. hope he make it in. The, well, I know they'll make it in the pros, and he produced like he do it at Ole Miss. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think he's a he's a good recipient, and I I like his story, and I I appreciate his toughness. You know, a guy who. He's not he's not 230 pounds. He's about 205, but he lowers his head and runs through people. And yes, uh, he does. Uh, he, he's got my respect. He really does. Yeah. yeah. All right, Russell. Appreciate yeah. you, man. Call me anytime. Call me anytime. Yeah. All right. So uh, he gave a team speech, or he met with the team before he left. They sent a text, and then Brian Kelly he went and talked to the Notre Dame team. And one of the players filmed it with his cell phone, and it's on social media. 
And here it is. This is uh, I don't know if you can hear it or not. Here it is. This is Brian Kelly. One of his players was uh, filming it with his cell phone as he told the team bye-bye. Morning, guys. Um, thanks for getting up here in, in short order, short notice. Um, as you know, I sent out a text last night trying to um, give you as much notice as possible given the circumstances that uh, we all know uh, that happened relative to social media and information getting out. Um, and look, I know we've been through this together. Um, I've recruited virtually everybody in this room. Uh, and I want to be able to tell you face to face, you know, why we're at where we're at. And that is very simply that um, the past 12 years have been uh, the most incredible 12 years of my life. Hey, and Bill, can you hear that okay, or is this a waste of time? I can't tell if it's legible or not. Uh, yeah, it sounded all right. Sound okay? All right, I'll continue. There's about another minute left of it here. Me and my family. Um, being here at Notre Dame, um, magical in what we've been able to build with the most incredible student athletes, the ones that I'm looking at right now. Um, and so many times people look at for a reason to blame or there was a reason for something. There was nothing here but first class in everything that Notre Dame has done uh, for me and my family. Um, I saw um, my time here as a blessing, working with incredible men on a day-to-day basis. Um, but there comes a time where you look in your life for another opportunity. And I felt like it was time in my life for another challenge. Um, and I saw that opportunity in a very short window. and. Um, Felt that it was best for me, and my family, uh, to pursue. Okay, so uh, that was the message. You know, it's very benign. It kind of is what it is, and we can all have different opinions. That's fine too. I'm just curious what you think. If I were to ask you this question, you just heard Brian Kelly address Notre Dame after it hit social media, and then he texted his team real quick, and then he talked to them. So I'm asking you. You heard what he said. What was his message to those players in that room? You heard the speech. My question is, what what was his message to them? Did you pick up on that? Curious what you might say about that. Um, and and quickly, here, let me hit a couple of text messages. They're coming in fast, and then I'm coming on back over to the phone line. we got plenty of time. Uh, just don't worry. I'll get to you. Nick texted the show right off the bat. And what did he say? We were celebrating something special on this day five months ago, Matt. Oh, yeah, the baseball. Yeah. Okay, so five months ago back in June. uh, Right, because it was June 30th. Wasn't that the game three on the 30th of June? And then you started celebrating the national championship in baseball right after that. Uh, Louvier texted the show. Louvier says, I have come to terms with the fact that the Saints are not a good team this year. I'm content. With a six and eleven season, as long as they win the game tomorrow night, <laughs> that's how much I hate the Cowboys. Signed, Louvier, go Saints. Uh, Earl and Rebel Godfather and Danny and Jeremy and Jason and Rebel Rex and so many others. I'm coming to you, uh, but first I'm going to come back over to the phone line. Davini Equipment Phone on line two. Ready, Teddy? What's up, Teddy? 
on that, um, I agree with you on the selfishness of Brian Kelly, but I mentioned this on Jake's show yesterday and in the world of college football, and I know this it kind of takes the kids out of it, and I shouldn't do that, but I, Brian Kelly was just as loyal to Notre Dame as Florida was to Dan Mullen. Yeah. Um, and that, that's the business part of it. The second part, on a lighter note, uh, Chuck Oliver made me laugh out loud in my truck yesterday. You know, USC paid off both or bought both of Lincoln Riley's houses for over market value. <laughs> yeah. And Chuck Oliver said the reason that's a good idea is because the only person in Norman, Oklahoma that can afford the old coach's house is the new coach. <laughs> <laughs> that's about right. That's about how that works. <laughs> oh, Chuck, he's seen a coach. Right, thank Thanks, Reddy Teddy. Yeah, old Chuck Oliver, man. He. He's followed a coaching search or two in his career, hasn't he? <laughs> he's got a he's been around. Yeah, and Earl and Madison texted, okay, so you have State and Ole Miss both playing in the volleyball NCAA uh tournament. That's cool. That is cool. I have to look it up and get some details. I hadn't followed it that closely. I knew that you know the teams were winning. I knew that State was winning because everybody's talking about it because it's been so long since State had a super uh volleyball team. Everybody's like, wow, the volleyball team's good. <laughs> it's kind of a surprise. Uh, Rebel Godfather texted and said, why? Rebel Godfather says, why are Mississippi State A&M college radio hosts so worried about Kiffin? Between Bounds and you, I wonder if you have a dartboard in studio with his picture on it and throw darts at it. What? <laughs> We actually hadn't even talked very much about Kiffin on this show, other than the fact he didn't go to the Connerly last night. It would have been better with him there. That's all I'm saying, Rebel. Godfather. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah, you and you may have us mixed up too. Like I we hadn't talked too much about him. About him. All right. Uh that's one of those. This is Rebel Godfather is one of these that he likes to hear what he wants to hear. Or he will only hear what he thinks he hears and wants to hear it, not what he actually hears. <laughs> All right, Larry on line one of the Divinity Phone. Larry, what's up? Hey, bud. How you doing? This is Captain Kangaroo. <laughs> Captain Kangaroo. Good to talk to you. <laughs> hey, buddy. Look, um, you were talking a few weeks ago about how Mississippi State needs to offer something different with than the other schools that you know you're you're recruiting against schools that's doing the same thing you're offering the same box of candy to the same type of people you know that type of deal um you know that the air raid is something different that okay. you can yeah can use you remember yeah. uh, mm-hmm. remember the conversation yeah. okay all right i was just going through some uh internet stuff last night and you can take it for whatever it's worth you know it's all out there and it's all going to change before signing date all this type of stuff but there was over 300,000 seniors that played football in the United States this past year okay Okay. out of that 300,000 depending on who you look at there's somewhere between 31 and 34 five-star players. Hmm. Okay? Okay. Now, on the just a quick breakdown, I'm not going to get into a long conversation if I can help it here, but it's if you take it 
and the way they got it broke down is five stars, four stars, three stars. Um, most of the they don't go into the two stars and all that because most of the kids that that played football only a small percentage uh, go to college and play at any type of level, regardless of where it's junior college or whatever it is. So, uh, making putting an exclamation point on what you pointed out that in recruiting, you got Alabama's got seven five stars. 16 four-stars, and three, excuse me, four three-stars, okay? okay? LSU is two, 16, five. Georgia's four, 11, and five. Uh, A&M is one, 15, and seven. Florida is, is one, 12, and 10. And Ole Miss is one, four, and 18. Uh, Auburn is, has, you know, on down. Mississippi State is zero, five, and 17. Okay. okay. Uh, now, uh, first of all, you don't have very many five stars out there to choose from. To second begin of with, all right. Is, second of all is that uh, you're not looking at a whole lot of four stars, so you, you got to get into the three stars and pick out what you need for your team. It's not always based on how some sports writer uh, rates you. Right is what I'm trying to say. Right. So, um, so. hey, and and Larry, I, I find the conversation interesting, and the music is kind of cutting you off there. And if you'd like to continue, you are welcome to hang on. We'll pick that up. Those numbers are interesting. Okay. Yeah. Um, All right, I will. We got hard breaks. Okay. We don't have a choice, kind of when we go to them. So hang on, and we'll come right back to it. I'm Matt in the bureau. He's just taller than his hair is. Nice hair! It's the Matt Wyatt Show on 105.9 The Zone and worldwide online at The Zone, 1059.com. Back with you in the Bureau, the bright and festive Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. I got lights. I got tree. Look at this. I got a Christmas tree over here. It's an itty-bitty one, but it's still a Christmas tree. We are squarely in the month of December. I am coming back to our phone call. I did want to just put, uh, put this out there real quick. Got it for you here. Uh, Roshana on Facebook said, Matt, do you have the Leach interview where he almost slipped last night at the Connolly ceremony? I was beyond tickled at his response. Well, Roshana, it's funny you should ask. Yes, last night Mike Leach was there. Suit and tie, giving speeches, talking about Will Rogers, gave a speech about Charles Cross, uh, who won the Offensive Lineman Award and those kinds of things. Well, uh, according to Trey Mongrew, who is the WLBT sports director, he was getting Mike Leach to come over for a television, you know, to record a television interview, and Mike Leach stepped off the stage and almost busted it. And so, according to the tweet, he said, you know, he nearly tripped and busted it, and the camera wasn't rolling, but his first question was naturally to ask Coach Leach if he's okay. And this was Mike Leach's response. Are you okay after the fall? Well, I thought it was a step, and it's a good thing I have quick reactions. And uh, um, due to lightning quick reactions, and um, to be perfectly honest, observing my players over and over, uh, I was able to uh, avoid catastrophe as I stepped out that stage. And uh, I reacted as I'd seen my players react. I mean, in that split second, I thought to myself, what would my players have done in that situation? Boom, boom, boom. And then immediately it mobilized, 
and I was fine. Okay, and, 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 and so I'll tell you what that just shows. If you spend time with great people who are doing great things, some of it'll rub off on you. Because that was better than I deserved. Because a lot of people would have eaten it in that situation, but not me. I was blessed by the people that I get to deal with every day. <laughs> so you couldn't just say, "Yeah, so I'm okay." <laughs> yeah, no. That a simple, a simple. Yeah, I'm fine. That <laughs> you're not getting that. No, as in fact, I've been watching my players, and now I know. Got a critique that, of his fall. Yeah, they've got great balance. Therefore, it's rubbed off on me. <laughs> so, okay, Rochelle, I appreciate you requesting that, and glad that Trey was able to catch that with his uh, camera. Okay, back over the phone, Larry. You had a call going uh, a minute ago about uh, recruiting numbers, and, and basically, what you were pointing out is, you know, hundreds of thousands of high school seniors playing football, but only a handful of five stars. And you start looking across the SEC, and some teams have fives and a lot of fours. Some teams don't have any fives and a few fours and a whole lot of three stars. Okay, and I think that's kind of where we left off. So, Larry, pick it back up and tell me what kind of point you were driving that towards. Okay. First of all, wouldn't you love to sit down two hours with Mike Leach and just listen to him discuss uh, his thoughts? Yeah, just I anything. Mean, I, anything? I, that yeah. that would just be great. <laughs> but anyway, uh, going back to the point here, uh, only depending on what you're looking at, what site you're looking at, you got anywhere from 31 to 34 five stars throughout the United States. Yeah. Out of this 300,000 kids, this is how many five stars that they got, okay? Yeah. And then you got all, 125, 130 schools uh, jockeying to try to get these players, okay? Then you sat here and you got Alabama that's already got. Now, this could change. You know, it's always going to change because uh, – Signing date hadn't started yet, but uh, but it's getting here. Alabama's got seven five stars. They got sixteen four stars and only four three stars. Mm-hmm. Okay, they're rated number one in the nation in recruiting. All right, you come down to LSU, you got uh, sixteen four stars there, uh, two five stars. Then you come on down, Georgia's four and eleven and five. Then A and M got one fifteen seven. Florida's got a one five star, a twelve, uh, four stars, and a ten, three stars. Okay, so what my point is really the majority of the people out here when I say people I'm talking about schools, coaches, whatever, are jockeying for the best they can get of three stars. Because that's that's the main main hub of your crop right yeah, there. Right, the biggest okay? group. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. That's right. And as of today, uh, according to the deal that I looked at, as of nine oh three yesterday morning on twenty four seven, you've got uh, Auburn that has no five stars, but they got thirteen three stars. Tennessee has no five stars, eleven three stars. Mississippi State's got five four stars and seventeen three stars, and then you got Ole Miss with one five star, four uh, four stars, and eighteen three stars. 
Now, this is where it gets into it, is that you got to get, when you get in here recruiting, and I'm not a coach, but I've been around football enough that I'm not really totally stupid on it. <laughs> but uh, you've got to get what you need for your team. Uh, doesn't everybody need wide, you know, 15 wide receivers? Mm. Uh, Mike Leach may pick up a bunch of them or whatever, you know, because yeah. that's what he uses. But you still got to have defense and you still got to have linemen right. Uh, right. on both sides of the ball. Right. So you're going to try to get the best you can get out of that. So when people look and they say, well, there's Mississippi State sitting at number 26 in the nation and recruiting, they're not understanding that a coach is having to recruit three stars based on what they need. Yeah. You're not, you're not going to, at Mississippi State, you're not going to hand them the same box of candy that Alabama's handed them. Yeah, okay. What you're talking about, Larry, is, you know, the term is roster management, right? Isn't that what we're talking about? Because, you know, a prime example would have been, and and I have never been a recruiting expert at all, but I have a friend who also works in the media business, and um, he's an Ole Miss guy. And I remember several years ago, towards the end of the Hugh Freeze era, at at uh, Mississippi w- before they cut him loose, and I remember yeah. him always going on about, look, they're going out here, and sure, there's a guy or two they're signing that has a good star ranking. It's actually helping their recruiting rankings, but they don't need that position. They don't. And he would go, this guy would go, they don't have any linebackers. They aren't recruiting linebackers, and it's going to show up in two years. I don't care what their recruiting ranking is. Well, I give him credit. Within a couple of years, guess what? They couldn't stop a nosebleed on defense, but they sure had some wide receivers, you know, <laughs> because the roster management right. part of it had gotten out of whack. And even at the time, this guy was telling me, look, I'm telling you, they're just chasing a star or two to put him into class, regardless of what position he plays, to try to boost this ranking. So they can go out here and say, well, we're, you know, we're hitting certain benchmarks and class rankings, he says, but they're not managing their roster. So that's kind of what you're talking about. And yes. It ain't like well, you know if you well, well the thing well the thing about it is this uh, you're limited on scholarship you're, you're not back in the Bear Bryant and the Johnny Vault era where they recruited players to keep somebody else from getting them yeah yeah you see what I'm saying yeah absolutely and mm-hmm. and and you're and you're limited on it right but you're also limited when you when these people look and they say oh my gosh it's the five stars. Well, uh, there's not a lot of them out there. Right. And uh, you've got to offer them something different than Mississippi State's got to offer something different to a player than Alabama's guy. Mm. Because uh, you've got 14 schools right now in there, and basically 13 of them are running almost the same type of deal on offense. You know, it's some variations there. We all know that. But there, there's, there's some times there that uh, you got to show that you got something different to offer a kid, and that's that's what you get into, or that's the way I feel like you need to get into it. Is that look, uh, you come here. This is what I can do for you. Uh, you just 
you can't offer the same thing everybody else is offering. Yeah. What it amounts yeah. to. Yeah. And, yeah. I see what and, you're saying. And then, yeah. and then, it's, then it, what's going to wind up is, uh, think about this, Matt. Uh, I don't remember when all the star deals came in. I'm, I'm too old for that. Uh, but, uh, but when they, when they started putting star ratings on, uh, players, tell me, go back and look, how many five stars has Mississippi State ha- had? Over the years since they started, how many they had? Very few. And a lot of these places, Outside of Mississippi State, that winds up with five star, it's like you was talking about a while ago. Doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so uh, a coach has got to recruit what he feels like he needs for that for certain certain position. Yeah. That he needs to build his team. If, uh, yeah. Gotcha. Good stuff, Larry. Hey, and I appreciate you looking up all those numbers so that uh, I didn't have to do it. <laughs> Appreciate you outlining those. It was pretty telling. And thanks for being patient on your call. All right. So when we come back, I got a long list of interesting text messages, including some questions from you on the Country Please and Text Line. I'm going to get to it right away. It'll be like machine gun, rapid fire, text line reading <laughs> when we come back. Let's see where it takes us. I'm Matt in the Bureau. Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau. Go! With the home team. Now, you've got the Matt Wyatt Show on 105.9 The Zone and online at thezone1059.com. Back with you in the Bureau of the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Farm Bureau Insurance. Go! With the home team. The Wyatts. We have our, that was kind of third person, right? Yeah, we have our, the Wyatts have their insurance (laughs) handled safely in the hands of my local Farm Bureau insurance agent, Adam Watson, here at Farm Bureau. Home, auto, life, and uh, it's just great to have somebody local, somebody you know, one-on-one, call him, text him. I used to text Adam just to bug him. All right, here we go. Text line. Let's see here. Danny on the Country Pleasing text line. Country Pleasing sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the Southeast. It is the best sausage, hands down. Side note, I was I was making myself something to eat for lunch today. <laughs> All right, and, and part of it was my daughter ate half of a bagel, and so I thought, I'm going to waste the other half. I'm going to eat, so I toasted the other half, put honey all over it, but then I also fried up a bunch of three cheese flavored sausage, the three cheese from Country Pleasing. And Annabeth walked through and goes, you just like to make breakfast for other meals of the day, don't you? I said, yeah, I actually do this quite a bit. It's a quick, easy, (laughs) nutritious lunch. Danny said, I think the early signing period put Kelly in a bad situation. There's no question that the early signing period is what has uh, moved up the beginning of the coaching carousel. The spinning of the coaching carousel has moved up several months because signing day has moved from February to December. And, yeah, you still have a February, quote-unquote, signing day, 
But everybody knows it used to be February, and that was it. Now, once they opened it up in December, everybody's trying to get in there early. The real signing day is now in December. It happens in the middle of December. Uh, that's all I do know about it. But I think you're right. That, that made coaching changes happen earlier this year, and this is one of the, the consequences. Again, there's like a 1%. Let's be honest. Okay, reality here. Notre Dame's number six in the rankings. Uh, Oklahoma State is five. Cincinnati's four. Oklahoma State and Cincinnati both play in conference championship games this weekend. There's like a 2% chance they both lose. It's slim. But if it happens and Brian Kelly were still coaching Notre Dame, they would automatically move Notre Dame into the 14 playoff. But with him not there, now that's there's some consternation about would they do it if they both lose. I think they still put them in there. And if they do, are they forevermore going to be easy to root for, I think? Jeremy says uh, on the country pleasing text, Jeremy says, pathetic that Kiffin couldn't be at the Connerly Trophy, uh, Connerly Trophy presentation. I'm sure that Mississippi media will just let it slide, though. What was the excuse for not being there? It's really unheard of, by the way. Was the use of Mississippi in the latest Better Than Average podcast intentional? By the way, I failed to promote that, Jeremy. Thank you for bringing it up, the Better Than Average podcast. Here's why we call it that. Coach, it's a great day for you, huh? Yeah, I tell you, it's better than average, I'll tell you that. <laughs> anyway, so the latest one was sort of recapping the battle for the golden egg and the uh, sort of review of the entire season is what it was. I forgot to promote it, and I am and I would have totally forgotten it, Jeremy, had you not brought it up. So thank you. If you all are interested in that, anywhere you get a podcast, and I tweeted out the links earlier today. Rebel Rex says, Brian Kelly can enjoy his money when LSU finally gets hit with sanctions. <laughs> well, they're under some super-duper investigation, but I'll tell you this, Rex. Um, and I know it's tough as as a as a Rebel fan to to kind of grasp this reality, but y'all are the last ones that the NCAA has really zapped and probably will ever really zap because we live in an era now where the NCAA as a governing body is completely and utterly useless. I mean, from an enforcement standpoint, nobody in the slightest worried about NCAA enforcement. And and I hate to say it, nor should they be. Not unless they just have real, like, staunch integrity and they go, well, I signed on the dotted line to, to do this and therefore we're going to go by these rules. Which, let's be honest, it's kind of rare. I respect it, but it's rare. Unnamed texter. No, this is Jimmy from Mobile, Alabama. He says, hey, Matt, love the show, and I love country-pleasing sausage. Boy, do I, too. I sure do love it. Unnamed texter says, is it do or die time for Georgia? How much trouble will Kirby be in if he chokes this opportunity? If he can't win it with the odds this year, then win. Listen. You know, and and the good thing for them, they're undefeated, right? So if Alabama beats them Saturday, Georgia's still going to be in the playoff. Okay, so it's not over. <laughs> but you talk about coaching in the playoff with some urgency. If Alabama beats them this Saturday, whew. 
Uh, Buffalo Chris says that Bo Bounds has a man crush on Matt Corral. He <laughs> 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 got a man crush on him, huh? I tell you, dude's pretty good now. <laughs> I've been accused of having a man crush on Dak Prescott for many years, and I don't even care that people accuse me of that. I don't care. I'm a huge Dak fan. Was, am, and is. <clears throat> All right. Jason in Flagstaff says, LSU probably didn't want to risk Kelly coaching a potential Notre Dame playoff and getting blown out again. Wouldn't look as good to the mob there. Ironically, though, they'd match up with everyone else and play Georgia really close a couple of years ago. They did. Then they have, what, home and home with Georgia? Played them close a couple of years ago. And they recruited well. It's just it's a shame the timing it really is for the players on the Notre Dame team where – you know, they played themselves to a one loss. They did lose to Cincinnati. If they're undefeated, it would have taken care of their own business. My my question is, what if? It's just a hypothetical. But if Notre Dame was ranked in the top four, would this have all happened right now like it did? What do you think? Norman texted the show, and Coffee Norman, that is. And he says, Matt, how much does personality, availability with media – and appearances at events actually matter with a head coach. If Mullen were more liked, would he have gotten another year? Just wondered if any of that stuff really matters at the end of the day. And he said Kiffin doesn't seem to care about that stuff. You know, I, ultimately, I don't know that it does. It's kind of like a catch-22, Norman, in that like if things are going poorly, then a a, 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 a guy who's a jerk – who's a real rear end, you know, uh, then it can fester faster, right? But even if you if he's a well-liked guy, you start losing, you know, so I, I don't know how much it actually plays into it. Maybe it does sometimes behind the scenes more than we know, but that's hard to talk about because in every situation is different. You just don't know what those personalities uh, Ernest T. texted the show. He said, Kiffin being a no-show last night at the Connerly Trophy Ceremony and showing no support for Matt Corral, the much-deserved winner. He obviously doesn't care about this state and Corral, no class as usual. That's from Ernest T. on the country-pleasing text line. Grumpy. He texted and said, Coach Leach, always top-shelf entertainment. <laughs> now, Earl and Madison thought he should have given a shorter answer on the TV interview Leach after he tripped and almost fell down. He just wanted a yes or no because Earl and Madison texted and said, dang, delay of game on Coach Leach. <laughs> That's what we say, right? You're taking too long, delay of game. Uh, Delta Tide fan with a picture here. It says, got my celebration stakes marinating for the SEC championship game. Two New York strips and a T-bone. Roll dang tie. You got them already marinating, and it's Wednesday. Aquatic, be ready. he's going to be ready, ready. Now my question is, are you going to eat all those Delta Tide fan, or is that for you and a guest or two? Uh, Aquatic Waves said, which New Year's Six Bowl will Ole Miss get? And what are the likely opponents? As far as opponents, I don't know. It's like you you feel like you have to let everything play out, right? But um, doesn't it, does it depend? Well, I say you let everything play out. Okay, let's just say Georgia beats Alabama. And let's say the result is that moves Alabama outside of the top four. Well, therefore, the, the, the bowl 
pecking order gets shifted around and changed, doesn't it? Okay, well, if Alabama beats Georgia, that's two in the playoff for sure. And then Ole Miss is the first SEC team outside of the playoff. All right, here's another what if that we don't know. What if it's a heck of a game Saturday? And Alabama gets a second loss, but it's to the number one team, and they almost beat them. And does and they still put Alabama in the four? <laughs> Any chance? I mean, so it's like it, it's almost impossible to say right now until you see the results of the weekend. That's that's what I. I mean, we could speculate, but that's all it would be. And then B-Dog 2 texted the show, and he said, uh, concerning the caller about recruiting at Mississippi State, to me it's like Moneyball. Oakland had to figure out a different way to win against the Yankees. That's why I think coaches like Mullen and Leach are successful at State. They are a little unorthodox. Yeah. And then Jeff said, my use of the word Mississippi, he said this on Twitch, channeling his inner Jackie Sherrill. Yeah, Coach Sherrill would always say, Mississippi Coast Sure, I don't think was comfortable saying those the word Ole Miss for maybe more reason than one. Some people hated him for it. I just think if you are the University of Mississippi, then we ought to call you that. That's what I think. All right, I'm Matt. Hour two coming up. Stick around. There's a lot of noise when it comes to 5G. WRKS Pickens Jackson. It's time to get back to the Matt Wyatt Show. Live in the studio. Online at thezone1059.com and on your radio at ESPN 105.9 The Zone. Hour two of the show. Off and running with you on this Wednesday. Lots of text to get to, comments on the live stream, and you can call and be a part of the show that way. Get in on the phone line. Had some calls in the first hour. Got to hear some voices, so uh, hit me up. Here in the Bureau, the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, Farm Bureau Insurance. Go with the home team. Staying connected to you because of C Spire, the number one network in Mississippi. C Spire, customer inspired. Last night, C Spire and the people at the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame crowned Matt Corral as this year's winner of the Connerly Trophy, given out annually to the best college football player in Mississippi. And Corral is your representative this year. And, you know, I guess... You know, it's uh, on to potentially some other awards for him. Uh, We'll see. And then on to what he hopes is uh, an NFL career. And so last night, Corral gets the award. Uh, Of course, we knew at the end of last week, right, that uh, Charles Cross was your winner of this year's um, Kent Hull Trophy, best lineman in Mississippi. And in terms of all the people out there that we've covered this year, I think Cross is probably going to be the highest draft pick, and he plays that premium position of offensive tackle. And uh, a lot of people have him slotted not only in the first round, but way on up there in the first round. And But you got to go through the, all the workouts and the meetings and then the combine and all that kind of stuff, too, and it all plays a factor. So we're several months uh, away from that. But certainly, just like always, there's elite talent. Uh, running around on the football field here in the state of Mississippi for sure. All right, so text me in this hour on the country pleasing text line. It's 885-ESPN or 885-3776. Or give me a call on the Divinity phone, 995-1059, 601-995-1059. Jason said on Facebook, 
Had me some country-pleasing black pepper and cheddar saw, slaw dogs. Okay, boy. Black pepper and cheddar is one of my favorite flavors, and it is just some kind of good. If you get your hands on it, do that. Hoss Dog 97 on Twitch said the NCAA is useless as a football bat. A screen door on a submarine, right? Especially enforcement. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, Scott said, what kind of impact do you think the timing of the early signing day has on all the coaching changes? Would it be different if it was in January 15th instead of December 15th? Yes. No question about it. This Somebody was tracking it out here in the media. This year, you've had more early, like in-season firings of coaches and stuff than ever before. And, and many of those firings have already got coaches hired already. And the season hasn't even been over yet. And the reason is December 15th, signing day, trying to get ahead of that. And so it has a huge impact on it. Jason says, okay, it depends on if Michigan loses to Iowa. If Baylor beats Oklahoma State, do they jump Ohio State and Notre Dame? Yeah, see, that's it. There's so many working parts. I guess it goes back to, and it's a very fair question that, Someone on the text line named Aquatic Waves, and that's not a name, but whatever that is, Aquatic Waves. And the question was, what bowl game and opponent is Ole Miss looking at for their bowl game? Well, I don't know. And I don't know how you would know because there's that's it. See, Baylor is one spot under them, and they are playing against the number five team in the Big 12 championship. The thing is, Baylor's sitting there with two losses. It's all about two lost teams. Because here's a question for you. Okay, Jason, this is just one of all of these hundreds of scenarios you could throw into the, to this mix and this conversation. You said, okay, if Baylor beats Oklahoma State, do they jump Ohio State and Notre Dame? Well, here's a, here's the thing, though. Baylor would have this win over Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is sitting there as a one-loss football team. Oklahoma State would have two losses. Baylor would have two losses also. They'd just have the head-to-head, right? But at the same time, what if what if Georgia and Alabama play a really competitive close game and Georgia beats Alabama? Well, Alabama's sitting there with two losses. What are you going to do? What are you going to do after this weekend if you have – Hypothetical. You have a two-loss Alabama, um, a two-loss Oklahoma State, a two-loss Baylor who beat Oklahoma State, two-loss Ohio State, one-loss Notre Dame. Like, how are you going to – curious to know. And it seems like how the games look could play a factor in all that too, right? Not all losses are the same. You know – if Georgia beats Alabama 28-27 with a late touchdown versus Georgia beats Alabama 35-13, to that's totally different, right? That's all I'm saying. It's hard to know. And, you know, look, we're in the last – we're in the championship weekend. We've got all these different scenarios that could – could shake out, and, and of course you had that the last couple of weeks. You had some teams get beat, moved out of there. Clemson is nowhere near 
the top of the rankings. And if that is a result of extra eligibility for players, free transferring in the transfer portal, name, image, and likeness, okay? If that's what we're going to get is less predictability, bring it on. All for it. If you just if you want my opinion, all for it. Drug Dog says, Matt, I love the way you're calling out people now. Herb Street and Brian Kelly, keep up the good work. I like how you spelled Herb Street. <laughs> Drug Dog spelled Herb Street two words. Herb, H-E-R-B, Street, S-T-R-E-E-T. <laughs> it's a whole lot easier to spell those two words than it is to spell Herb Street's last name correctly. Let's be honest. <laughs> well, you know, look, I, I don't have any illusions, Drug Dog, of any of those people giving a flip what I think. I, I'm just, you know, they don't. I'm not even sure they should give a flip what I think. They got their own world. They can live in it, and and I'm not a part of it, okay? And I think what it is, Drug Dog, is like I've kind of gotten to a point in my life where, by the same token, I kind of live in my world, and they're not a part of it. <laughs> and, you know, um, the truth is the truth. I think. I don't have a whole lot of good qualities, but I do know one pretty decent quality I have is I'm 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 willing to be corrected. And maybe it's because it's happened so much in my life. I've, I, I'm I'm willing to apologize. I'm willing to admit a mistake. You know, I have to do an about change and realize, boy, I sure thought one thing. I wound up being wrong. And so, because of that, if I'm going to go through life that way, then. Somebody else can go through that life that way, too, is the way I look at it. And I don't care who you are. You're not above correction, and you're not above, you know, the truth superseding how you feel or what your opinion is. Same goes for me. The same goes for you. The same goes for Herb Street. The same goes for Brian Kelly. Their actions, our actions. Their thoughts, our thoughts. None of that supersedes the truth. Okay? And sometimes when you're removed from a situation, you see the truth really clearly. And in those examples, to me, the absolute matter-of-fact truth is nobody blames Brian Kelly for wanting a better opportunity or a different opportunity. Nothing wrong with that. Nobody, I mean, there's no consequence for doing what he did. Immediate consequence. But is it selfish to leave his football team high and dry when there's a scenario that could possibly play out this weekend, put them in the college football playoff to go have a shot at a title. And it's selfish to leave them hanging with that just to go chase the money and chase an early signing day at the next school. Is it selfish? Yeah, it is. And the same guy's going to go coach his football team and tell him what? Don't be selfish. There it is. It's a fact. If I'm in his shoes, somebody calls me out, I'm in the same position. Truth is truth. And on the Herb Street deal, you know, it's real easy. He look in the camera and conjure up a red face and wag his finger in the face of, you know, state fans and rebel fans. You're pushing and shoving in the egg ball, and this is pitiful. Y'all been pushing and shoving each other every year. You got to behave better. This is no place in college football. What happened this past weekend between Ohio State and Michigan? Okay, we got we got a comment on that, huh? Didn't think so. I didn't need your opinion then. Really don't need it now. 
but at least be consistent. That's all I'm saying. And if you're going to be, if you're going to be transparent enough to make it really clear that you have some sort of hypocritical approach to different teams and programs, an unbalanced approach, and you also have sort of a, an axe to grind with somebody and you're willing to take it out on them, well, it's not my fault you've made that clear to me. I'm just seeing what I see. At least try to hide it. <laughs> if you don't hide it, fine. Then it is what it is. None of this stuff, how he feels, how I feel, how you feel, what your opinion is, what mine is, none of that supersedes the truth on any of this stuff. When you see the truth, lay it out there. We're all grown people. You can't handle the truth. Remember this. It's better to be troubled by the truth than comforted by a lie. Mailman David says, do any of you know why he wasn't there? Wait, what are we talking about? Kiffin. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the Connerly. Okay. <clears throat> Mailman Davis says, do any of you know why he wasn't there? He goes, maybe you should know that before throwing him under the bus. Well, David, look, nobody's thrown anybody under the bus. All in the world I did was mention that he wasn't there and that if Coach Prime, the Deion Sanders, can be there in a wheelchair, I think Kiffin could be there. Now, if he was out recruiting, doing whatever, fine. It really is none of my business, is it? Mailman David, oh, you threw him under the bus. Get out of here with that. Nobody's throwing anybody under the bus. Lighten up, Francis. <laughs> this is that line from uh, <laughs> the movie Stripes. You remember that? When uh, you had Bill Murray and, uh, oh, gosh. John Candy, wasn't it? Well, John Candy was in on it. But, uh, but I'm trying to think of the guy who was also in Ghostbusters. Harold oh, Ramis. Yeah, Harold Ramis. Yeah. Harold Ramis was in it. So you had Harold Ramis, Bill Murray, John Candy, several others anyway, and then the movie Stripes, and they're sitting around getting to know each other. And this one guy, he's way uptight. And that was Bill Murray's line. Lighten up, Francis. <laughs> I think, yeah. I'm, I'm sure it was previous engagement or out recruiting or something, which, again, we talk about effects of an early signing day. Maybe that's one of them. Maybe that's one of them. Let me hit uh, one or two more texts here, and then I'm coming to the phone line. Um, Anthony from Tupelo says, Rex is kidding himself. LSU will not get more than a slap on the wrist. No, you're exactly right. They will not. You know, they're they're not. The NCAA is not doing anything. Look, Will Will Wade is coaching this year. Okay, got them ranked, and they're real good, and they're they're recruiting just as hot and heavily in, at LSU basketball as they ever have been. And the guy and, and everybody in the country, we've all heard the tape of him saying, man, look, we made him a really strong offer. <laughs> well, aren't all scholarships the same, Coach? Well, no. Okay, so the reality is it's, all of it's still going on. The idea of NCAA enforcement is over. Don't forget this also, Anthony and Rex. You also are in the name, image, and likeness era where pretty much anything goes. Prior to this football season, Gary Patterson, the coach at TCU, was addressing uh, a lot of his supporters, alumni, and this is with media present. They wrote an article about it. He gave them quotes. And he told them, y'all, you've got to get moving on this name, image, and likeness stuff, and if not, we're going to get left behind. 
And he said, the approach you need to take is, there is no wrong. There's no such thing as wrong. Just do it. Now, I was a head football game. I, I know they fired him this year. Been there 20 years. I was a head football coach at a Power 5 school, openly with reporters in the room, even gave them follow-up quotes saying, there's no wrong here. You're going to get left behind. You must get moving. That's the world we live in, and that's the reality of it. There was a story this morning about Texas. Some guy who's a, a big Texas Longhorn supporter built a, like a a fund. It's like a company, I guess, and a fund. And some supporter put $10 million in it, and it's only for name, image, and likeness stuff for Texas athletes. That's all. I mean, here we go. All right, over to the phone line, Divini Equipment Phone. Chris on line one. Thanks for calling, Chris. What's up? How you doing? Hey, Cowboys Saints tomorrow night. Yep, and Louvier's going to be crying in his drink for the night. <laughs> yeah, he sent you a, a message got, earlier. You that's know. all I, I heard him. That's all I got to say is Louvier's going <laughs> to be crying in his drink for the night. But I want to say this to you. You know what? Regardless of what Lane Kiffin had going on, it's still deeply disrespectful not to show up to that. Well, especially if you knew you had a kid. You've known for how long that Matt Corral was going to have a chance at that. Yeah. I mean, you should have cleared your schedule and you should have been there. The only thing that should stop you from being there is COVID. And if I remember right, he's already had that, so. I don't know if he can come out and say that he's got it again two months later. But that's neither here nor there. You know, I will never say anything else about our basketball team as far as them being good. I will say that they <laughs> deeply sucked on Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> I, felt the sa- I felt the same way, Chris. You and me both were sitting here going, man, this team, they're actually pretty good. And then did not so much as stay on the floor with Louisville. The only thing I was hoping is that was the first game with Tolu Smith on the floor and and you know kind of getting their rotation worked out, you know, might that might take a few games. That's what I Hey, they've got a big game coming up on Sunday hosting Minnesota. I know. So we'll see. We'll learn we'll learn real quickly like what these what they're going to do for the rest of the year. Yeah. And I hope they keep on the path that they were the rest of those games except for don't play like they did against Louisville. I mean, you know, hey, <laughs> yeah, everybody's right. got to have a bad one. That's right. I mean, yeah, we can't happens. all be doomed. But anyway, like, I mean, and the Brian Kelly thing, I've, I'm right there with you. It's ridiculous. All you had you to know, do was wait another week. All you had to do was wait until right. – I mean, all you had to do was wait until – you know, one to the following Sunday, and you can still, then you can see how it plays out, you know, and and I know you're holding, if he does that, I know he's holding LSU off, and that might be uncomfortable for them, but it also might show LSU what kind of guy he is and what he's made of, you know? That's just oh, they don't one, care. one opinion. They don't yeah. care. <laughs> I mean, that's just honest truth, is they don't care. Yeah. I mean, look at what Ed Orgeron, we all know he was a sick duck anyway before the season started, but I mean, look at what Ed Orgeron did at the last couple games of the year. He, they could have tanked that, yeah. but they didn't. They kept playing for him. Yeah, I mean, and I know it, it was different. It There's lots of that. examples. You know, I know it was different back then, Chris, but 
because uh, you didn't have it this early signing day. But, you know, I remember when Mississippi State hired Dan Mullen, um, announced it, everybody knew it, everything. But Mullen's team at Florida, and he was just the offensive coordinator, was getting ready to play for a national championship, and he went and coached a minute. And he didn't come until after that last ball game. And at the and, and that's the way it ought to be. That's what you do. That's the way it should be. Finish it out. Yeah, and you know, man, I'm just, I'm in that mode now. I'm ready for baseball. Yeah, I'm just ready to shoot over basketball, and I'm ready for baseball. Chris, hey, I appreciate the call, man. Good to hear from you. Call me anytime. Rooster on line two. Thanks for calling. Being patient, Rooster. What's up? Hey, uh, you gave me a great segue with your uh, stripes format. Warren Oates is who uttered. Lighten up. <laughs> a great character actor who passed away. Warren Oates. Okay, I'll look he it also, up. Warren Oates, yeah, died young. Great character actor. He was in a movie called China 37 Liberty 9. I believe I'm right. Okay. Uh-huh. And that's my score. <laughs> 37 Georgia 9 Alabama. Ooh. That's pretty darn close. If that happens, <laughs> that's a blowout. It's going to be a boot down. But listen, Colin Cowherd Throwing back to throwing school up north under the bus, uh, Kiffin might have been in Miami. He's saying that Blaine Kiffin is going to Miami. I just don't heard that on the radio. Rooster, why would I wish people would give me a good reason why Lane Kiffin would leave the University of Mississippi to go coach at Miami? I mean, can anybody give me a good practical reason? Money, I guess. I don't know. Well, but, but he's see, a pretty good coach. There's no question of that. Well, but see, the rumors around here have been that they've they've already slid an offer across the table to his agent that is somewhere in the neighborhood of seven to eight million dollars a year to to coach and to coach in the SEC, and I know that. I mean, heck, it might be the whole playoff thing, but the programs are not comparable right now. Now, the the conference is much tougher. It's a much tougher row to hoe to get, you know, into the into a four team playoff or get into the conference championship game because you're, you know, at in Oxford you're in the same division with uh, Alabama and LSU and all that. I get it, but. I just don't see the allure of Miami. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm crazy. Appreciate the call, Rooster. You know, you go to ACC, yeah, okay, it's a it's a little bit of a lesser path to the top. But can you really can you go to Miami? You know, and stack up recruits and I mean, what are you selling to get people to come play for you? Maybe in the name, image, and likeness era, all you got to do is just pay them. I mean, I don't know. It's just, you know, 20 years ago, Miami was at the top. 20 years later, they are not anywhere near the top. But whatever. We'll see. Rolling along with you. I'm Matt. Stick around. Sports Talk. I'm talking way back. It's the Matt Wyatt Show on 105.9 The Zone.
Robert on Facebook says, Going on the record, baby, Alabama will beat Georgia Saturday night. Robert, who you calling, baby? <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm yeah, I'm gonna stick with Alabama. They say they pull they pull it off, they do something crazy because of Saban and because of their quarterback and because of Will Anderson. That's what I said. They do something crazy. Win a low scoring game or something like that. Uh, I'm going to go fast on some text and then come back to the phone. There's so many text messages today on the country-pleasing text line. Patch is a Houlihan. He's simplifying this for us. If Alabama is in the playoff, then Ole Miss goes to the Sugar. If Bama is out, then they go to the Sugar and uh, the Rebels go to the Peach Bowl. Sorry about misspelling and grammar. No worries. We got you, Patches. Patches. That's a great song. Depending on you. Depending on you, son. Uh, Bama fan said, if Bama loses, Bama goes to sugar. Joey said, Matthew Wyatt. Gosh, that's like a combination of what Bill and Beaver call me. Beaver always calls me Matt Wyatt. He never says Matt. Bill always calls me Matthew. And you've gone with Matthew Wyatt. He says, uh, Matthew Wyatt, I appreciate your humility. Your humility. He says, but you have loads of good things about you. Loads, huh? <laughs> yeah, the problem is I know everything. I know things you don't know. <laughs> Joey. I call you Matthew because I think of Marshall Dillon every time I Matthew. 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 When I was growing up. Fistus used to call him. When I was growing up, if Mama said Matthew, it was not a good thing. Yeah, you were in trouble. Matt was okay, but if she said Matthew. And heaven uh, forbid she uh, used your middle name. Lord, if she said my middle name, I'd hide and run outside and hide behind the shed. Pack your stuff and leave. <laughs> Start packing. Um, unnamed texture said, it's good to be willing to take corrections. The book of Proverbs says anyone that refuses corrections and instructions is a fool. Uh, yeah, y'all ever know anybody who's always right? Larry says, Kirk is scared to come down here and play 18 holes with me. Yeah, well, you know, Larry, but let's be honest, right? Let's be honest here. What is scary about losing at golf? <laughs> it's not like you get 10 lashes if you lose a round of golf, you know? I mean, what's the big deal? So to be scared of. Ernest T. said, uh, Mailman David, go find my lost mail. <laughs> Mailman David responded. He said, if saying that he should make it, if a man in a wheelchair can, isn't throwing him under the bus, I don't know what is. And primetime also lives in town. <laughs> That's true. All right, you got a point there. You got a point. It was a shorter distance, theoretically, for Coach Prime to have to travel to the Country Club of Jackson for him to be there. However, I still will remind you, he's in a wheelchair. <laughs> we need the coach. The man on... can't walk. <laughs> we need the coach on two good legs to be there. Just show up. Just make an appearance. That's all. Zoom in. They can connect them via Zoom, can't they? Uh, well, you know, in defense of that, after the whole 2020 thing, I think people are tired of having to do everything via Zoom nowadays. Hogjow echoed. Uh, Rooster's sentiments and said Warren Oates was a great character actor. Uh, 
<laughs> See, Res Dog is squarely. I mean, there's no doubt he's trying to stir the pot here. Res Dog said it's hard to attend trophy ceremonies and interview for jobs at the same time. <laughs> he's stirring it up. <clears throat> he is stirring it up. Uh,. Let's see. Uh, I'd have to back up on that one. Okay, let's go over to the phone line. They're starting to stack up over here. On the Divini Equipment phone line, Jake hanging on line one. What's up, Jake? Matty, man, what's up, brother? Hey, man. Hope you're doing well. I'm, I'm not doing good. Hey, listen. Uh, uh, I heard your comment, and Robert... So you you on the same you on the same page with Robert? You think Alabama gonna do Georgia in? Huh. I, I'm picking Alabama for the upset. It's one of these things, Jake. Ooh. It's one of these things, Jake, where I have to see it to believe it. I've seen good Georgia teams have a shot at Alabama Ooh. before. I want to see it, and if they do it, then I'll believe it. But for now, I'm sticking with Alabama. <laughs> Okay, but what I see, had it, Florida almost had him, and Auburn mm-hmm. almost put it on him. And hey, but the reason why I called was Lincoln Rally. Um, I heard him in a uh, Dan Patrick show, and the guy is a top-notch guy. I like Lincoln Rally. I really like his style. I like his personality. And he also waited, and I think he went over this. He waited until he thought that he wasn't going to get into the playoff mm-hmm. before he made any type of commitment or saying that okay I'm a guy uh, thanks but thanks but I'm leaving but he waited until Oklahoma State got up in there instead of him yeah uh, um, yeah, yeah but we got to hold these coaches on a different standard because what I'm seeing is these coaches come to your house they're eating your food up and you and, and you are telling these kids to have uh, integrity you tell these kids to have uh, uh, determination and to stick with the school. Mm-hmm. But soon as that dollar sign hits your agent, uh, guys, I'm believing pretty soon. Yeah. And I don't think that's fair for the kids because you are the one, you are the reason why my kids go to this school because of you. Yeah. And now you are called, it's, it's, uh, it's not fair for the child because you're talking out of both sides of your mouth. Because now you tell this kid not to do this way, but you're doing it. Well, and, 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 and Jake, let me. But, here's the other thing too. You know, all these coaches run into this, and at a program like LSU, Brian Kelly will run into it also. Um, in a couple of years, it may be next year. It could be two years. LSU is going to have a really good record. They're going to be ten and one, eleven and one, something like that, going into the very last part of the year. I say 11 and 1. They're going to be 9 and 1, 10 and 1 going into the very end of the year. And he's going to have a very significant, very good first round NFL draft type player who's going to get a little banged up. And that player is going to go into Brian Kelly's office and say, Coach, I'm out. And he's going to say, What do you mean you're out? Well, I'm a little banged up and I got millions waiting on me for the NFL. I'm I'm sitting out the rest of the year, and I'm going to get healthy for the uh, combine and get ready for the NFL. And Brian, what's Brian Kelly going to say? Is he going to tell him, "Yeah, but we've got another game left. We got a shot to get to the SEC championship game. We got a shot to get in the college football playoff. We're, we we're going to need you. We can get you healthy, and you can help us win 
And this, what's he going to say? What's the kid going to say? Oh, yeah, really? Really? No. I, I got a $100 million <laughs> signing bonus waiting on me in April. I'm going to be healthy for that combine. I'll see you later. What's Brian <laughs> Kelly's argument going to be? You know, he's going to be arguing against or negotiating against what he just did. Okay? And that's mm-hmm. that's the thing about it. It's really clear. It's a really clear situation. It, you know, it's there's no uh, ambiguity here. He's taking you, – you're placing money. You're placing me, myself, and my money over the people who depend on me. And if somebody – and from now on – if from now on, if somebody else does that in Brian Kelly's wor- world, he can't say a word about it because he's already set the example. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good to hear from you, Jake. And, uh, oh, I got hey. Georgia 38-30. Georgia. 38-30. Okay. That would be a heck of a ball game. If we get uh, <laughs> 60, <laughs> 68 combined points, I'll, I'll watch every snap of that. Thanks, Jake. Appreciate you. All right, over there on line two of the Divinity Equipment phone line. Joey, thanks for calling, Joey. What's up? Hey, hey, Matt, I I, I just got to say this here. I think saying that you're throwing any person under the bus lacks one of two things. Attentively listening to your show, and maybe both, and or both, in the ability to be objective, because... I even said something one time that I'm in in a different context than you thought, and that's okay because you didn't like it, and and it's your show. And I received that. I didn't even argue it because I understand your position is, I'm and I'm and I'm just like you here. I'm not taking sides, yours or the mailman. I'm taking up for what is right. You haven't thrown anybody under the bus, Matt. It is an opinion that you felt like the man should be pressed. If there's a valid reason why not, anybody and, and, and that, that has dealt with the media for more than three days knows this is out there and should jump out in front of it and say, hey, I regret I wasn't able to make it. And here's the reason why. Yeah. Um, I wasn't and, able to be know, there last night either, and and I'm sure in the here's the thing too, Joey. In in if, if we talk about straight reality here, I'm sure it's not the first time that one of the head coaches of one of the players that's up for the Connolly hasn't been I'm, there. You know, I'm sure. It's I'm not sure it's time. not either, Matt. But the one the one thing I'm sure about is Matt White that I know would never attend to attack anyone ever, and I will. Stand on that. Yeah, have a good show. Thanks, Joe. Yeah, we're not attacking him. <laughs> I just started saying. I mean, it would have been better had he been there. He's a super, he's a superstar. He really is. And uh, the streaming numbers would have been double. The attendance would have been double. It'd been a, there's no telling what kind of clips would have been played from it nationwide if he had been there. That's just kind of that's the weight that. His name and his his name, image, and likeness carries. That's just the truth. Stick around. Turn your mic on, Matt. 
Dorothy. Works better. Yeah, it works better, doesn't it? When you turn your microphone on on the radio. Uh, Dorothy said, hey, Matt Wyatt, happy hump day. Hump day. Happy hump day back at you, Dorothy. You're at the halfway point of the week, which means uh, you do have NFL football tomorrow night. Cowboys and who that? Speaking of, uh, Louvier on the Country Pleasing text line back in here, and he says, Chris is incorrect about Saints and Cowboys. <laughs> he then said, Rooster is correct about who said, lighten up, Francis. And he's referencing the movie Stripes when he says, our newest, bestest big toe, Sergeant Hulka. See, I was confused there, Livia. I was thinking the character played by Bill Murray. I thought Bill Murray's the one that said, lighten up, Francis. You're right. It was Sergeant Hulka, wasn't it? Lighten up, Francis. <laughs> I have not seen that movie in forever, but it was a good one. That was a good movie. Uh, wait a minute. Where's our phone calls? Who? Where are we now? Hey, how many we got hanging on there, Bill? Two? Two different lines? Two. Okay. I'm coming to those. Let me read a couple of these real quick, and then I'll come back to the phone. Grumpy said, Matt, Grumpy has been to Coral Gables, uh, University of Miami. It's beautiful. See, I, I don't know that I've ever been on their campus. I've only been to Miami one time, Grumpy, and it was when it was at the end of the 2014 season. Remember, State played in the Orange Bowl against Georgia Tech and lost to Georgia Tech in the Orange Bowl down there. And uh, I was you know, doing radio then, and we stayed at the Trump place. What do they call that? Trump, uh, uh, what's the name of that resort? And they, they had the golf tournament. Mar-a-Lago? No, no. And they have a, they had a PGA, they had a PGA event there. Oh, what's it called? Anyway, super duper nice golf resort is what this was. It was some kind of nice. And I walked into the lobby of the hotel one day. We were down there for maybe, Three, four days or something like that. Doral, that's the name of it. Thanks, Denzel. That's the name of it. Doral. We stayed at Doral. I walked into the lobby of that hotel one day, just killing time. And there was Dan Mullen standing there talking to uh, Ivanka Trump. Yeah, they just stand there talking to each other. <laughs> True story. Saw it on us. Doral, that was it. And I didn't play any golf while I was there. I, but right out my window, I was watching people hit practice balls, and I could see the, the number one tee box over there. Yeah, right outside my room. Why didn't I play any golf while I was down there? I think I was too cheap to travel with my golf clubs or something. I think I was still playing golf in 2014. And then uh, Landshark Walter says, Matt, if Lane leaves for the U, it's because of the area and not the SEC. And not the money. That's in his opinion. Yeah, I mean, that'd be about the only thing that makes sense because the other stuff wouldn't. All right, over to the phone line. Bernard hanging on line one of the Divini phone. Bernard, hello, what's up? Hey, what's going on, man? Got two things. In, in reference to, I think, in reference in reference to Lane possibly for, for the youth, sometimes you look at is it is. And it's not about the money. You look at it because of the contracts that in the state of Mississippi can only go four years. 
and you go outside the state of Mississippi, you have longevity. Mm-hmm. And you can look at it and say, hey, I'm, I'm leaving Ole Miss to go to the U, give me a 10-year deal. Yearly, you can look at it and say, hey, that's not Ole Miss's problem. Possibly paying more because they think they said they're trying to go up to nine. But long-term, if you look at, well, in four years at, at Miami, if I get bought out, I'm going to make more than 40 million. Hmm. Because I'm on a ten year deal, then they got the buyouts and anything else along that way. Yeah. So that's what I think it possibly if you leave for the money you look at the longevity of it because I'm gonna make more than forty million if I go to Miami for ten years. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, the, 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 can only yeah the, they can only go out to four years and then and and what if you're negotiating against that, Bernard, if you're Ole Miss, I I guess the only thing you can do is just throw more money at it or more guaranteed or a bigger buyout or something to try to offset it. I guess you could do that. Yeah, and, and I think somebody is 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 coming soon, in my opinion. I, I'm not saying that I'm in the Senate. That somebody's going to they're going to try to fight against it. Hey, we need to extend especially the coaching contract because we're losing out on a, a bunch of good quality coaches in the state of Mississippi yeah. going to our rivals or going to our competition because of the longevity of the contract. Yeah. And so it's possibly going to be coming soon, but they're going to change that, in my opinion. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised at all, Bernard. I, I really wouldn't. Appreciate that phone call. That's good stuff. You know, he's right. You, you've got that limitation in Mississippi, all state employees, four years the maximum. And I've heard other people in the past talk about, you know, in situations it could hold you back, whether it be, you know, convincing a coach to come in the first place or maybe hanging on to him. And you just wonder – Right? Don't you have to wonder, Bernard? It's the first time in the history of the University of Mississippi to have 10 wins in a regular season, and he's the coach who got it for you. And maybe that's the, what it takes to get some people motivated to figure out a way to move that so that some other school in some other state who can offer him a 10 year deal doesn't easily sway him to, to leave, right? I mean,. It's worth bringing up that maybe that's a that maybe that's a possibility. Wouldn't be surprised. I know a lot of people have wanted that changed over the years, just never been able to, because it's more than a football thing. It's more than a a college or a university thing. It's a political thing, right? State employees. Uh, Bill on line three. Thanks for calling, Bill. What's up? Hey, Matt. First off, I want to tell you I really think that you do a great job on your podcast. And I also think you do a great job on broadcasting uh, Mississippi State football. I, I never feel like I'm listening to a homer. I never feel like I'm listening to somebody that is biased. If we mess up, you point it out, and sometimes I think you're about as frustrated as anybody. <laughs> well, I appreciate it very much, Bill. Thank you. Well, the first thing I'm going to say is I don't believe Kiffin is going anywhere. I don't believe that they're going to let him go anywhere. Mm-hmm. And I think he has done a great job at Ole Miss, and I think he fits the profile at Ole Miss extremely well. And I think that Mike Leach fits our program mm-hmm. extremely well. I think we have two great coaches in the state of Mississippi that can set this state up to be prominent in college football for a long time. And uh, everybody just needs to kind of take a breath. Now, when people start getting on to these coaches or leaving 
institutions where they have been and going for a hundred million dollars and everybody starts screaming where's the loyalty where's the loyalty there's no loyalty in this society today and a few years ago before the transfer portal i would have said you know let the kids transfer if a coach leaves well they do that now anyway you get beat out at quarterback we don't work harder anymore we just transfer to a place where we think that we can play and so you know there's not a one of us at a job if we weren't offered another job that pays us more money more benefits and can set our family up that we wouldn't probably take advantage of that situation yeah i you know i think there's you know a Pretty much, uh, you know, a lot of truth in that. I really do think you're right, Bill. You know, when I look at it, it it is a little bit different when you're in a team construct and you're talking about a pro versus, I know student athletes, we're going to give them some money, but they still go to school. They still have been told they've got a five-year window. It's only five years of their life they're allowed to play at that particular college. And so seasons are finite. And I I feel pretty I feel like I'm standing on pretty solid ground when I say nobody's blaming Brian Kelly for instance for taking a 95 million dollar contract it's a raise or no, he likes a situ- he likes a situation for his family or he can get better players there more consistently or he can win a national title at LSU and it was harder to do at Notre Dame no but at the same time I'm also standing on the ground going now's not the time to do it. You got I mean, you can't sit there and and run out to an eleven and one season. You got your team ranked sixth in the national uh, playoff rankings, and the two teams immediately ahead of you are playing in conference championship games this weekend. And if they lose, the committee would shuffle you right into the four team playoff. And the guys you've been coaching for the last twelve months leading up to this would have a shot at a national championship. You can't leave now. That's wrong. Yeah, I, I don't would, care I for what go, reason. I would never. Yeah, I would agree with that, but you know, it, it boils down kind of like you know the when the preacher gets a call from a lot bigger church, you know, and he sees the size and the salary and stuff like this, he just says, "Let me let let me pray about it while my wife packs." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's exactly right. What's the old joke? Um, you, you, you know, you're a Methodist pastor when they write your name on the church sign in dry erase marker. You know, and maybe that's right. That's, maybe, maybe it goes for some badness too. I'll let you go. <laughs> Absolutely, and I'll also tell you this: I've got on my Delta jeans. You touch them, I kill you. <laughs> you any got any? You guys touch my stuff, <laughs> and I you kill touch you. My, you touch my jeans, I kill you. <laughs> good call, man. Good, my friend. <laughs> yeah, appreciate the call. Thank you. Lighten up, Francis. <laughs> and that's the fact, Jack. And that's the fact. That's Jack. the one that Murray said, you know. Right. That Army, was Bill Murray. Army training, sir. <laughs> oh, Jason reminded me of that. <laughs> that's great. As he said, any uh, of you guys touch my stuff and I'll kill you. <laughs> I know, Francis. <laughs> Sergeant Holka. Uh, the big toe. We got some striped references in this show today that people of a certain age have no earthly idea what 
any of us are talking about. <laughs> That's all right. Look, hour two is over. It is in the books. It is behind us now. If you leave us, I hope you have a great night. If not, stick around for hour three. You'll have phone calls and continue the conversation coming up in the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio. Stick around. This is WRKS Pickens Jackson. Live! Live! In the studio. Live and local. This is the Matt Wyatt Show. Talking about sports from around the world and right here at home. Streaming to you at thezone1059.com and on your radio. On ESPN 105.9, The Zone. I'm going to fix a casserole. Welcome into the casserole hour. Hour three of the show underway. Presented by Overstreet Properties in Starkville, Starkville, Stark Vegas, however you say it. Anything residential in and around Starkville, that's where you want to go. Overstreet Properties. See my man Kane Overstreet. Get his contact info at overstreetproperties.com. We're going to hit the phone lines hard and heavy here uh, to begin hour number three. Uh, A couple phone calls and then a guest coming up in about, oh, three, four minutes uh, from right now. And so first up on the Divinity phone, hanging over and being patient, Jason in Flagstaff, Arizona on line one. What's up, Jason? Uh, nothing much. Um, got a couple things. One, I don't. Wayne Kiffin's not going to Miami at least not immediately because they don't have an athletic director yet. Hmm. Um, and I, I keep reading that they're probably going to keep Manny Diaz for another season just because of that. Right. And from what I'm reading, they're really dead set on getting Cristobal from um, Oregon hmm. if they do because he's a, he's from there and he's down there right now taking care of his sick mother. Hmm. So how about that? Yeah, those uh, things those things uh, tie if, in if pretty goes, clearly. Yeah, if, if I'm thinking if Lane Kiffin were to go to Miami, it'll probably be next year. <laughs> okay. Yeah, another thing I wanted to ask you is, what do you think about um, Matt Corral's chances to win the Heisman? Yeah, you know, I don't know. Um, It's tough for me, Jason, because, you know, especially over the last 20, 25 years, that Heisman has been more than just an individual award, more often than not. Most, Most years... Yeah, it's you're picking out a great individual player, but it's usually a great individual player on one of the best teams, also. And the yeah. only the only exceptions you can find of that are like really two guys, and that was Johnny Manziel and Lamar Jackson. Is the only two I can find yeah. that they were so electric, and their teams were good, but they weren't undefeated and chasing a national championship. Outside of that, all the players yeah. that win that thing are on national championship like teams, you know. And and I don't think, yeah. I mean, Corral, as much appreciation as I have for him and as good as he is, and this is a little bit of a different year, but, you know, he's he, he's, he hasn't had a, a year like a Johnny Manziel or a Lamar Jackson type of year. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, that's I, what I was thinking. It, it kind of makes me, it sours me on the Heisman because, you know, watching him play versus, you know, some of the, 
the get the kid from Ohio State where all he has to do is just show up and <laughs> and he's getting the stats because they're so much better than everybody else. Well, and here's the other thing too, you I, know, I, one of your one of your quote unquote lead analysts at ESPN, who's a former Michigan player, who things he says on that platform are going to influence a lot of people. And the Michigan running back has one good ball game, rushed for five touchdowns and mm-hmm. and beat Ohio State, and he's out here screaming at the camera on ESPN saying, "Give that guy the Heisman." Really, really? I mean, yeah. based on one ball game. So my thing is, if you don't if you don't give it to Corral, who do you give it to? I don't, I don't know who you give it to. Yeah. All right then. Yeah, appreciate the call. Have a good one. You too, Jason. Thank you. Heisman's a. I mean, if we've got anything out here that's that's hype machine driven versus who ought to and should and earned, I mean, it's the Heisman man. Uh, real quick, let's uh, and then we'll get to our guest, Mad Tiger, hanging on line two. What's up, Mad Tiger? Hey, Matt, how are you all? I'm just right. Thanks for calling. <clears throat> Look, okay, thanks. Um, I can see the negotiations going where. The coach at Notre Dame tells LSU, I want to stay until the season's over. And them coming back countering, we'll buy your two homes and give you 500000 more than both of them are worth. Yeah. But you have drilled them all year about busting their butt and what our goals are and what we expect to accomplish. And we're right on the border of doing what we wanted to do. I just feel like if you're going to be committed or loyal to what you're saying to them, you have to be loyal to them as well. Yeah. And, it's he just could have stayed timing. until the season was over. I mean, it, it would have hurt their recruiting slightly, but LSU has a core alumni relationship with coaches, communities. Those players in Louisiana want to go to LSU, and I still believe that probably 95% of them would have stuck with LSU had he just came out and made a statement that, at the end of the season, I'm going to LSU. And you showed your loyalty to your players, and the recruits knew that he was coming. I just don't see where that would have made a great change with the core of the recruitment, even though they knew that Orgeron wasn't going to be there. They're still committed. That's right. Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right, Mad Tiger. You know, however anybody tries to spin this, it was um, – the whole thing, the timing is in poor taste as it relates to the kids that he's been coaching for the last, you know, 12 months, getting them to this point. And they, they have this outside limited chance, and he just left them high and dry. And it's all because of his own opportunity and a whole bunch of money. I mean, there's your reasons. And people who be, believe in, in money will justify it. And people who believe in people uh, will not justify it. And that's how you draw a dividing line. Mad Tiger, I appreciate your call. And I always appreciate you listening and being a part of the show.
Well, sticking with that on the Divinity Equipment phone line, you hear him on your radio a whole bunch already. Uh, if you listen to Mississippi State football on the radio or if you listen to Mississippi State men's basketball, and that latter sport is picking up. State is 5-1. and one. They got beat by Louisville this past weekend in the Bahamas and uh, then picked up another win, and now they come back home for a big week on the basketball court. Neil Price on your radio right now. Neil, uh, good to catch up with you, and it feels like Thanksgiving, uh, for me anyway, it uh, feels like Thanksgiving night was like two months ago. Does it seem like it's in your uh, distant rearview mirror as well, even though it was just a few days ago? <laughs> I thought you were going to say it felt like Thanksgiving because you had a big turkey on the telephone is what I thought you were going to say. Yeah, uh, I wasn't going to. Now, yeah, um, yeah, it feels like it's been a while. Uh, that that Thursday game always messes with me just a little bit because you're cramming. Yeah, in my case, it was two basketball games and two football games in about – in about a 10-day window, I think. And mm-hmm. and listen, I, I'm not out digging ditches or anything, you know, not working like honest people. But at the same time, that's a lot of names and numbers and mental gymnastics you're trying to sort through to get it all, you know, as close to right as you can get it. And, uh, yeah, when, when when that game was over Thursday, um, I, was, I was ready to just kind of sit in the chair and, not think about a lot of anything other than eating turkey and dressing for a, a day or so. <laughs> I hear you, and and that's it. I mean, it's a two sport time of year, and am I am I right, uh, Neil? You're already having some chances to sit down and talk with Ben Howland and and kind of learn more about the team and get a feel for it before you go call these games. You talked to him today. Yeah, I talked to him today for a few minutes, and uh, press conference was today. So, you know, that helps. And, you know, uh, when they were in the Bahamas, I mean, the the thing that's tough, you know, is obviously they were playing at the same time the football team was playing uh, on Thursday night in that game when they played Louisville. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we're we're real glad that, you know, Bart was able to go and and cover that and, you know, at least give people somebody there on the ground uh, that, that could tell them what was going on with Coach Williams. And, you know, same for the game against Richmond that they won uh, on that following Saturday. And I got to listen to just about all that game, but, you know, of course, it wasn't on television, you know, so you couldn't see it. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, I had some idea just based on what Bart was telling me and Coach Williams was telling, you know, on the radio about what what was going on. Um, But, you know, to sit down and talk to Coach Howland about it and just kind of get, you know, kind of from the horse's mouth, so to speak, it gives you a little bit more perspective, and that's good. And and it will be much easier to kind of fall back into rhythm now that you know they're going to play two games this week: uh, Lamar tomorrow night, uh, and a big game with Minnesota on Sunday afternoon. And then they've got a week off before they go to Fort Worth and play Colorado State. Uh, so you know, I mean, it'll be it'll be good to get back into rhythm. And uh, I'll plug right along until whenever that bowl game gets announced, and then we'll have one more week of the overlap and. We'll get through that and then kind of kind of back into that routine again. Neil Price on your radio right now, play-by-play announcer, Mississippi State football and basketball. So on the basketball front, so this week it's it's Lamar tomorrow night, and then Minnesota coming to the hump on Sunday. You mentioned it. If you stretch it out, three games. It's then 
go play Colorado State neutral site. It seems to me, as non-conference stuff goes, this is a pretty important two, three-game stretch coming up for Ben Howland, isn't it? Yeah, I think that you you will learn a lot about your team uh, based on the competition that they're going to face. Certainly, I think in two of those three games, you know, Lamar, you know, due respect, has struggled, and the reason they've struggled is they've got a brand new coaching staff. They had three starters that transferred out of the program at the end of last year. Um, they've got some new faces that have come in, so they're still kind of trying to find their chemistry. Uh, and you could say the same for Mississippi State. You know, I thought Coach Allen made a really good point today. Um, Tolu Smith has played two games for this team, mm. and I think he took part in one, you know, five-on-five practice where he was out there with them for the bulk of their practice time before they went to the Bahamas. So he was clearly better in the second game than he was in the first, is what everyone has told me that was on the trip. Uh, you could just tell he had to knock the rust off against Louisville a little bit. But by the time they got to that game with Richmond on Saturday, he looked more like the guy that we saw playing last year. So now, you know, you've got chemistry in terms of trying to build that with new people on your team. But you've also got to kind of go through it again because Garrison Brooks has been playing the five, and now Tolu's got that spot. Garrison's got to adjust to play in the four again, which is where he's going to be asked to play and and guard on the perimeter a little bit more because he's playing that position. And you're you're kind of sorting through it again. So what what everybody thought State was going to have on day one, think about this week kind of really being what day one is because it's the first time they've been able to get all 13 guys together in practice and and in games that they really thought they were going to have. So we may still be a couple weeks away from knowing exactly what State has in terms of what what, what it could look like, but this week will give you a much better picture with those guys going up against some good competition. And we're still what feels like, you know, a month away. I guess it is a month away from conference play, Neil. Um, but just in your experience, you've watched and covered and followed this league for a long time. And so this early on in the non-conference, you've got three teams in the SEC that haven't lost yet, LSU, Arkansas, and Florida. you got a whole pack of about ten or so teams almost that have one loss and states in that number. you got uh, Mississippi at two losses, Missouri at three, Georgia, they're two and five, rough start. At at this point, this early, can you look at those and already tell who's who and kind of what's what or not? No, I don't think so. Okay. Uh, I mean, I think I think you really can't start to see some of those teams now that the, the the upper the upper level teams you'll know in January. You'll get a pretty good idea of, of who's who when they've played you know two or three weeks worth of conference games there. Yeah. I think for everybody else, you don't really start to see it, if we're being honest, until you get to February. Mm-hmm. Um, it just takes time for guys to, to kind of figure one another out. And, and now that we live in the era of the transfer portal, where rosters are going to turn to a degree every year, I think that if you try to, if you try to figure out what a team's going to be in December – you're going to have a real hard time getting an accurate gauge on it because it's just going to take that long to get guys on the same page with one another. Um, 
But, you know, no, I think I think by February you got a pretty good idea of who you are, and you're just trying to become the best version of that by the time you get to March. That, that's been my experience with it. Sure. Neil Price on your radio, flipping it over to football, uh, Neil. You, um, I guess you got to take in the, the C Spire Connerly stuff um, last night. Looked like that was a pretty neat event. What'd you think? Yeah, I thought it was good, uh, you know, and I thought that for those 10 guys who were nominated and the three finalists in it, I thought that, uh, they, they did a really nice job of kind of putting them on a on a pedestal and, and honoring their accomplishments, and all those guys should be celebrated. I mean, whether they're playing, you know, in, in, in the SWAC, whether they're playing in a Division two or Division three league, whether they're playing in the SEC, they all earned everything that they got this year. Um, and have a full room there at the Country Club of Jackson uh, really was kind of cool. It's the first time I'd ever been to it, you know, so I thought that, it was really well done on a lot of fronts. Um, I thought Mike Leach was hilarious. Um, you know, there, there was a there was a big video wall behind the stage, and when Coach Leach walked up to talk about Will Rogers and to talk about how great uh, football and football players from the state of Mississippi are and have been, uh, he turned over his right shoulder. And he looked at this big close-up of him on this video wall. You know, it was a, it was an action shot. He's coaching. He's got his headset on, and he just kind of turns and looks and says, "How about that?" <laughs> and then looked out at Deion Sanders, who was sitting in in, in the crowd with his family uh, there, obviously to to uh, for their son uh, Shadur. And he says, uh, "I feel like Coach Prime. You know, I got my picture on the wall. How about that? You know, and it." So I thought that was that was pretty good, and then from there he, he went into this deal about just how you know Mississippi is superior to Texas and California with regard to the amount of football players it's produced, uh, and, and an argument that you know occurred in an airport with some people over that, um, which is a pretty entertaining story. Um, but no, I thought it was really well done. I, I did, and uh, you know to have two. Two of the three head coaches there for the finalists thought that was really good. Um, even though Coach Sanders didn't speak, um, I thought it was still really cool that he was there. Uh, you know, he, he was part of it. And, you know, that's good. Good for football in the state. Good for good for those guys who were honored. Yeah, I thought it was a great night. Any smoke billowing anywhere, Neil, about a possible – bowl destination for state's football team uh you know we've heard possibly memphis possibly houston you hearing anything of note nothing any more probably than what you've heard um i think you know and what i would tell you is i I try to apply common sense to it and that doesn't always prove to be the best plan of action (laughs) um but, I mean, if you're looking at it from that standpoint, the two games to me, with all the other factors involved, the two games to me that make the most sense are the Liberty Bowl and the Texas Bowl. That's what I think. Um, I think if you're if you're being real picky about it, uh, I think the Liberty Bowl is what you want if you're if you're Mississippi State because it's it's at a better time. 
for fans to travel. Mm-hmm. You're much closer. I think you can get more people in Memphis than you can probably get to Houston on the Tuesday after New Year's in the middle of the afternoon. Yeah. Uh, so I think, you know, to me, that's the one that if, if, if you could pick, that's what you would pick based on what your options are going to be. Uh, I just think Tennessee being bowl eligible, uh, that probably knocks Nashville out. I think if Nashville can get them, they're going to try to get them. Um, although I think there's a chance of talking to some people there, they think they could still get to Florida, one of those bowls maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, Arkansas is probably going to wind up in Florida. I would have thought they might have wound up in Texas, uh, but but they got a good record. They're going to get to one of the Florida Bowls, it sounds like. A and M, I think, is kind of wild carded. You know, I mean, where do they wind up? Yeah. I'm sure Houston would love to have them. Uh, so then, you know, again, Memphis looks like it's a it's a great spot for Mississippi State. Uh, but who knows? You know, I mean, it's it's not. It's funny, Coach Allen and I were talking about this very thing earlier today, and. I said it used to be, when I was younger, it was pretty cut and dry. If you were in this position in your league, you went here and you played X position from whatever league paired up. Yeah. And now, none of that applies anymore. You know, <laughs> so now it's like, well, you could go anywhere. You know, so it gives us something else, I guess, to, to be excited about. Uh, I think it'll all shake out by Sunday, and, and we'll probably have an answer one way or the other. But my gut, and that's all I can tell you, it's my gut. My gut says it's going to be Memphis or Houston. That's what I think. I'll be, I'll be celebrating that hour and a half drive from my house to the Liberty Bowl if that's what happens. I promise you that. And it wouldn't. And in a in a night. And stay, we'll have and we'll have an exercise. <laughs> we'll have an exercise in togetherness. If it's in again. We'll all be snuggled up in that little. That little closet up there at the Liberty Bowl. <laughs> we'll, yeah. ne- we'll need to wear some of that arid extra dry because we're going to be getting a little closer, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Neil. We'll, we'll, be, we'll, be, we'll be looking to be at liberty from each other by the time it's over. <laughs> yes. That's exactly right. Tight quarters in the Liberty Bowl broadcast booth. All right, Neil, appreciate you. Talk to you soon. See you, Matt. See you. Get a little closer. Don't be shy. You remember that, Bill? Yeah, with Aerodex. Aerodex to dry. Deodorant commercials. Y'all stick around. Purchasing a home can be one of the greatest accomplishments. After these messages, we'll be right back. It's the Matt Wyatt Show. Live in the studio. Online at thezone1059.com. And on your radio at ESPN 105.9. The Zone. Back with you. Yeah, I'm I'm actually uh, ready for basketball season. Looking forward to it. I love the fact we get all these games and it's starting to pick up. So just in case you didn't realize this, let me show you here what you got coming up. And then, Bill, then I'm going to read you a message from White Denzel. Okay. Okay. So first up here. All right, tonight, December the first tonight. Uh, neither Bulldogs nor Rebels playing. Okay, and then you go to tomorrow night, Thursday night. You've got State is hosting Lamar tomorrow night, seven o'clock at the Hump. 
Now, Coach Kermit Davis and the Rebels from Oxford won last night 75-51 over Ryder. And uh, so they are now 5-2 and two on the year. So they played last night on a Tuesday. State plays on a Thursday, hosting Lamar. And then you get into the weekend. On Saturday, Coach Davis and his Rebs are going to host 18th-ranked Memphis. All right, so they're going to host a top-25 team in Oxford on Saturday, Saturday morning, 11 a.m., tip, and it's on ESPN2. So, see, in the middle of all this football and championship games and all this stuff happening on TV, early that morning you're going to have um, a basketball game and hosting a top-20 team, 18th-ranked Memphis, at the University of Mississippi in the Pavilion on Saturday. And then on Sunday, you'll have State hosting Minnesota at 1 o'clock on ESPNU. And uh, that's Sunday, 1 o'clock tip on ESPNU, State hosting Minnesota. Minnesota has not been beaten yet. They are 6-0 and this year. So you got some big basketball games uh, coming up. Yeah. Right, here, here's what I was going to read yeah, I got you. A, I got a plug for one. I got a plug for the ladies who are playing tonight on one of our stations here. Say that again now? Fan. The women's basketball team is playing tonight at 5.30 okay. on our sister station. Okay, 5.30 tonight. All right. Yeah. All I don't right. know who it is because I don't have the schedule in front of me, but I know they play tonight. Okay, and they'll be on the sister station if people want to listen. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Okay, here's what I was going to read you. White Denzel says, Matt, my wife is making hash brown soup tonight for dinner. Woo. I've got some jalapeno and cheddar country please and sausage. Going to slice it, dice it, cook it in the skillet, and then throw it in the soup. Hash brown <laughs> soup. Now you make a hash brown casserole and do that. You could, for, and that's, but it fits for casserole. Hour. My uh, wife makes it. She makes potato soup, but she uses hash browns to make it. Um, yeah, that's got me hungry. Jalapeno and cheddar. All right, here's one for you, Bill. I'm gonna get in the wayback machine. I got a couple of notes here in the wayback machine for you. Now I, I played this in a while. So. <laughs> I know, and I, I played this one for you recently, so it may be a dead giveaway. But, all right, on this day, December the 1st, 1978, the 100th episode of this show aired. Got it? Sounds like a lot like the uh, Rockford Files. The Rockford Files. That's it. <laughs> I mean, it's it's such a classic. Um, oh yeah, like well, we also played it on the radio too. It was a, a hit single. The the, the song was the, yeah. <laughs> the oh, yeah. intro. Yeah, a lot of those songs back from then. Yeah, the they'd write these great uh, show themes, and uh-huh. then they become hits on the radio too. You know, so. the Rockford Files, James Garner. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's the most seventies intro you ever heard. Oh, yeah, that and the theme from SWAT. That <laughs> yeah. was another big hit. And that was a, a big one. And then uh, you remember the greatest American hero? Oh, yeah. That, it was, uh, yeah. that was a big hit record. The Some, theme from that. Yeah, what was that? Um, 
Believe it or not, it's just me. I remember that theme song. Uh, the, how about this? You go to IMDb for the Rockford Files, and the only description for the show is just one short sentence that says, The cases of an easygoing ex-convict turned private eye. <laughs> That's the Rockford Files. So the 100th episode aired on this day in 1978. Here, I got another one for you, though. All right? Okay. On this day in 2004... This guy uh, made his final appearance as the anchor of NBC Nightly News. See if you recognize this voice. The beating of Reginald Denny today, the opening trial in Los Angeles. These Siamese twins, can surgery save them, but at what cost? And the president begins a holiday amid the swells by the sea. This is NBC Nightly News with Tom Brokaw. Tom Brokaw. Good evening. There are so many disturbing and enduring images from the Los Angeles riots of 1992, and none are more vivid than the vicious beating of truck driver Reginald Denny. All right, so... Can't we all just get along? Can't we all just get along? Tom Brokaw had that... Tom (laughs) Brokaw. Right. Bro, because (laughs) he had this, that very, what would you call it, that very uh, identifiable sort of... Lazy. He has, like a, he has a little bit of a speech impediment. Yeah, it's like a speech a impediment almost. Yeah. It's almost like yeah, a has, yeah. like like a slowed Trump broke jaw. Like a oh, how would you say it? A slowed pronunciation, like a trail yeah. off pronunciation yeah. of some words. Sure, some some words <laughs> you can get, I, get out very well. <laughs> hey, maybe that's where Jake got his stuff. Maybe it is yeah. on uh, a little too much Tom Brokaw. So December first, two thousand four, <laughs> uh, NBC anchor Tom Brokaw made his final appearance as anchor on NBC Nightly News. He began his run in the show in April of nineteen eighty two. Yep. It was planned that Brokaw would host at least three documentaries a year for NBC. Following that, I don't know if he actually ever did that. But, um, yeah. He's been on MSNBC every once in a while. I bring him on there. Has he? So he's well, pretty, and look. He's old now, though. He's hard to get around. You know, Bill, it is so crazy to think about it now in these terms. But this is factual. that Because I grew up in it. And, of course, you did, too, and have lived in it your whole life. We, we, the era of the 80s, 90s, what it was like for me as a kid growing up, the first 20-something years of my life, the everybody in the country, their routine, maybe not every day, but most days was at night, you were eating dinner at home, you turned on the local news at 6, and then the national news came on at 6.30, right? Yeah. Or, or wait, was it 5.30 and 6? Five, 5.30, 5.30. It was 5.30 and 6, right? Because then, cause then Wheel of Fortune came on if you were on NBC or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and then the, the And then the network shows began. But it was like... There were no more recognizable people coast to coast in the entire country than the lead news anchors at these big networks. You had Tom Brokaw at NBC. You had who? Uh, Dan Rather at ABC, CBS. I guess. CBS. CBS. Okay. He was at CBS, yeah. You had Peter Jennings at ABC. You know, Barbara Walters. Yeah, Peter Jennings and Barbara Walters was on there for a while. And, and that's how people got their news. You know, there there was no you know, internet. There in my no... era, in my era, I had Walter Cronkite, I had Huntley Brinkley, right? But Chet again, Huntley and David Brinkley. But again, yeah. everybody watched them and knew who they were. Oh yeah. You know, it was yeah. like there, there was no internet, there were no phones, there was no Twitter, there was nothing. You got national news. What was going on in Iraq? What was going on in Cuba? Right there, every night, and it was from the same yeah. guy. I, 
to this day, I still remember Walter Cronkite announcing President Kennedy had been assassinated. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know. Yes, yeah, famous deal. And that's know, how, nobody could ever do it like he did it. Well, and that's how people found out, right? Amazing. See, here's the yeah, thing about that's it, how Bill. found out. Nowadays, general public, us, all of us, really every age, but certainly young people, can't even really associate with the idea that you didn't find out what was happening. You had no idea anything news. was happening <laughs> until you watched the news that night. It's like a kid gets home from school at 3.30. Four in the afternoon. You know, kids, you, you played ball. You did whatever. You had activities, sure. And then, you know, mom and dad, they start watching local news and then national news, and that's the first time they knew anything happened. You know, of course, like if it well, was major news, they would break in special yeah. programming during the day. But. Yeah, like the Kennedy assassination. When I was, I was in uh, China Lake, California at the time in 1963 when all that happened. And they came on. I was in the, uh, the cafeteria eating lunch, and they came over the speakers and announced that President Kennedy had been assassinated. Yeah. I was 10 years old. And, yeah, the whole place, just what you could have heard, pin dropping everywhere. None yeah. of the kids were saying anything. Right. It was a, it was just terrible. And so that's yeah, how we found out. That's that how you day. found out? Hey, because um, I was at a Navy base. Uh, you know, I was on a Navy base yeah. at that time, so they announced it to everybody. You know, I remember and he had just been there. He had just been there. Uh, oh, really? Like a month before. Yeah, he had landed right on the air airstrip near my house. Wow. The president, you know, Air Force One landed, and yeah, he had just been there. <laughs> How about the? Okay, this is going. This is going back to a different subject. This is back to it. the. This is back to the Mike Leach falling and then commenting oh, on it, or nearly <laughs> falling and then commenting on it. Yeah. B Dog Two says. I just saw where Mike Leach tweeted a gif of some guy falling down a flight of stairs and then strutting away like nothing happened. Oh, <laughs> uh, that our president? Maybe? Oh, yeah, maybe that was him. Maybe it was. I don't know. <laughs> going up the stairs. <laughs> yeah, he kept falling going up. Or it could have been Gerald Ford falling down the stairs. Gerald Ford did that, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, man, it's like um, it's just classic Mike Leach, that response to that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, hey, so. look, I'm on the wall. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look up there. Isn't that cool? I'm on the wall. I'm like Dion. They put me on the wall. Uh, that was a good story. Yeah, before we're done today, I'm going to hit that sound bite again. I'll, I'll come back in the next segment before we run yeah. out of time so we can hear one more time Mike's uh, Coach Le- Leach's response to, hey, are you okay? After he nearly fell and busted it last night. Um, I'm, not, I'm not making fun of anybody for losing footing and falling. Because it's like one of those deals, as soon as you laugh at somebody else, you know you're next. You're going to do it. Isn't mm-hmm. that what you do? You That's jinx yourself you into it? You walk downstairs today. <laughs> you're going to leave the studio there and go down and fall down the stairs. <laughs> Boom. On the way down. I fell Boom. down these stairs one time. Broke my big toe. In, you sure did. I had a camera uh, in one hand and a tripod over, over the other shoulder. And lost my footing and boom, I went down several... Stairs and <laughs> legs stuck through the spokes and everything. And next thing I know, I'm like, something hurts real bad. And, yeah, I broke my big toe. You should have seen it. Uh, if you've ever broken a big toe, people can people will tell you. It swells up about twice that size, and then it looks terrible. But I've recovered. Anytime I'm, you break something on your foot, it's hard to cast that. <laughs> there's nothing you can do. You just let it grow back crooked. You know? <laughs> Stick around. What does Mississippi Farm Bureau have?
Farm Bureau Insurance stands ready to provide financial relief to our communities in this time of crisis. This includes a one-time credit to all personal auto policyholders, a donation of $500,000 to the Mississippi Food Network, and additional payment options for those hit the hardest, all while continuing to service customer claims as well. But this is the time to go above and beyond. These are a few ways we're keeping the Farm Bureau promise. To learn more, talk to your agent or visit us online. Go with the home team. After these messages, we'll be right back. The football, so does he. It's the Matt Wyatt Show. Nobody breaks down quarterback play better than him. And he's right here, right now. Online at thezone1059.com. And on your radio, ESPN 105.9, The Zone. Back with you, I'm Matt. All set to wrap it up with you here on this hump day. I should tell you also, uh, tomorrow will be our last day on the air this week because Friday you're going to have full all-day coverage of the Mississippi High School State Championship Games uh, here on the station. Right, Bill? Don't I have that right? 105.9? That that is correct. In fact, after the show tomorrow, I'm leaving here going to Hattiesburg to set everything up. And then I'll be back down there Friday. And we start at uh, 20 minutes till 11 on Friday. The first kickoff will be 11 o'clock. Okay. All right. Right here. All right. So, you know, this time Friday you'll be listening to high school football uh, if you tune in here. So tomorrow will be our last day for the show. So we got a few minutes here and then a full show tomorrow. And that will wrap it up uh, for this week. Still got some time left, though, so you all feel free to text me on the country, please, and text line 885-ESPN or 885 885- Three seven seven six. Anthony from Tupelo says, I caught the curb wrong in Memphis yesterday while trying to close the doors on my trailer and fell in the street. Thank goodness it isn't a very busy street. (laughs) 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 All right, so, yeah, uh, Trey Mongru, the WLBT sports director, had Mike Leach on camera last night. He, He recorded an interview with Coach Leach from the C Spire Connerly Trophy event in Jackson. But apparently it was a few seconds after Coach Leach had come off the stage and almost tripped and fell, almost busted it. And so the first question in the interview was, are you okay? Are you okay after the fall? Well, I thought it was a step, and it's a good thing I have quick reactions. And uh, um, due to lightning, quick reactions, and um, to be perfectly honest, observing my players over and over, uh, I was able to uh, uh, avoid catastrophe as I stepped out that stage, and uh, I reacted as I'd seen my players react. I mean, in that split second, I thought to myself, what would my players have done in that situation? Boom, boom, boom. And then immediately it mobilized, and I was fine. Okay? And, 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 and so I'll tell you what, that just shows. If you spend time with great people who are doing great things, some of it will rub off on you because that was better than I deserved because a lot of people would have eaten it in that situation, but not me. I was blessed by the people that I get to deal with every day. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay. <laughs> what an answer. Can't, can't wait till he gets in the booth with somebody. Yeah. Well, you know, he color. did that. He did that. Um, yeah, I know. I want to get back. Yeah, the first time I ever met him. When he retires. He was in the booth. Now, it seems like it was a CBS, like CBS Sports Network, one of those things, I think. But it was 2010, and State was playing at Houston. 
We had a night game at Houston. I made the trip, and um, yeah, he was the he was the color analyst on the television broadcast for that Can you game. Imagine how long that takes. Well, and you know, he used to do a radio show also. Um, yeah, no, and and. <laughs> You know, he just seems perfect for all that. But like you said, it's not necessarily from a sports standpoint. Just get him going on anything is really what you got to do there. Just get him talking about anything. What do you think about candy corn, Coach? (laughs) Right. What was that other thing? I think I deleted it. I used to have a rant that he went on on here about something else, and I guess I've taken it off of here by now. Yeah, it's not on here anymore. But it seems like it was at, uh, at one point, when he was at Washington State, he gave one of the guys advice about um, getting married. And then he's like, well, first of all, uh, your wife is going to lose her mind. Uh, your mother is going to lose her mind. <laughs> basically, his advice after uh, you know several minutes was just basically do whatever they say and don't complain. White Denzel texts me, and he says, uh, Matt, the hash brown soup we make is basically potato soup made with hash browns. Same concept. Well, look, I love it. Annabeth makes it in a crock pot um, with the hash browns, lots of other ingredients, and it cooks, and then it makes it into this creamy potato soup, and it's so good. But the thing, Denzel, how about this? She's been wanting to make it here the last week or so, and the particular hash browns that she wants to use for it, they're out. They're out of stock. You know, the whole supply deal we got going on here? Well, apparently it's affecting hash browns, too. So we hadn't had our potato soup here recently. But see, I did that, the same exact thing you're talking about, White Denzel. I did the same thing the last time she made that soup, except I had I had been cooking and eating some of the Cajun-flavored sausage from Country Pleasing. And that's what I had a little bit left, so I cooked that and chopped it up, put it in that soup, and it was... As they say, it was sure enough. RT texted and said, Mike Leach is a bird. Gosh, I hope he stays for a while. (laughs) Don't you? I do, too. I do, too. I like watching the teams play, too. Put it in the air. If you can throw the football, you're never out of a game, as evidenced by a few of those games this year. Down 20 in the fourth quarter, win it. Down 25 at halftime. No, down 25 in the second quarter. Win it. Uh, White Denzel said, oh, oh, he says, okay, so are you saying there's a shortage? He said it's like that in all eight Walmarts that he works in, Denzel. So the same way, like low supply of everything? Yeah. RT, thanks a lot. Appreciate that. He says hash browns are potatoes in case you state fans don't know. Yeah, we got it. Picking up on that, RT. Thanks. Nice picture, by the way. I know you didn't send that to me, um, but I'm going back a few days on the text line, and it looks like you sent a picture of a deer that you killed there. Bill, now, I this may be gross, okay, Bill? Here's an honest question. If you had to field dress a deer, would you know how to do it other than just no. guessing? See, I'm kind of the same way. Like the the very basic stuff to maybe get it out of there, but field dressing one, I don't know. So I, that dawned on me a couple of days ago. I'm like, hmm. So I got into a, 
I got into a YouTube rabbit hole of watching videos on how to go through the whole process, the whole deer yourself. Now, you know, people that have these setups with a, uh, a hanger and a crane and a drainage system and everything, okay, that's great. But what if you don't have that? You know, and it's obvious you can take one to the processing place, but I know it could be kind of gross, but the whole field, I'm fascinated with people that enough experience and can just sit right there and just field dress the thing all right there in one spot. I'm fascinated with that. I want to know how to do that. Seems to me that experience, you know, practice makes perfect. RT, what do you say here? Yeah, better have the phone number of a. <laughs> I was going to say, you have somebody on call. Have somebody on call. <laughs> I mean, that's right. But but really, what are we trying to do? We're trying to get to a point where we wouldn't have to do that. Well, wouldn't you like yeah. to be an expert? I would. That's all I'm saying. And RT's right. Perfect practice makes perfect. But that's the thing. You hate to. Number one, you hate to mess one up. You really hate that. Robbie with an excellent point on the country pleasing text line. Better have a really sharp knife. <laughs> and don't cut yourself. Yeah, that's like filleting fish. You ever try to fillet fish with a dull knife? That Awful. <laughs> Awful. Um, yeah, so, you know, if you're into that sort of thing, I'm fascinated with it. And here's the other thing, too. All right. Check this out. <clears throat> As a guy I go to church with, he uh, is a fisheries biologist for the uh, Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. And he's got two daughters, one who just graduated college, one who's in college. Daughters. Okay. Well, the oldest has gotten into deer hunting. Okay, with her friend. All right. So he's telling me about this at church the other day. And I say to him... I say to him, and again, now, keep in mind, she's like early 20s here, maybe mid-20s. I say to him, well, you tell her, okay, it's one thing to shoot them. It's a whole other thing to know what to do with them after you shoot them, like process them and all that kind of stuff. And he said, oh, no, 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 you don't understand. He said, she, right where she, right where this thing drops, or they'll take it back, she processes the entire deer herself, the whole thing. Tenderloin, front quarters, hind quarters, back strap, the whole thing herself. I said, wait a minute, the whole thing right by her? He said, right by herself. You talk about impressed. I'm impressed with that because I can't do that. I wouldn't be able to do it. And I'm just thinking, you know what? More people need to know how to do that <laughs> just in case. I'm sure there are some experts out there. The people who run the, the deer processing businesses are like, no, you don't need to know how to do that. I'm not saying that I wouldn't still take advantage of just dropping it off with somebody who's doing that for a living, save the time. But the ability to do it and to know how to do it if you need to, if you want to. And I just think that we don't we need to get back to knowing. And what about hogs? Don't just buy pork chops. Know how to get them. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I was impressed with that. All right. Final show of the week will be tomorrow. 
And that's a long way away. I'll see you then. For Bill, I'm Matt. Everybody here at the Farm Bureau Insurance Studio, see you then. 